Spirituality is so performative, isn't it? So performative. And you know what? I'm here for it. I love it. I think it is the most fascinating thing in the world. And I can say that because I come from a religious background. I come from the fundamental Baptist. I understand that spirituality becomes very cultural to all of us and our cultures have their particular oddities, right? <laughs> I think one of the things I enjoy about my Baptist culture right now are the Bible verse t-shirts. Bible verse t-shirts to me feel kind of performative. I don't know. I mean, they just do. I understand having your quiet time at home and reading your Bible and affirming those scriptures. And then you go to your closet and get ready for the day and you're going to pick out which Bible verse you're going to wear. Listen, more power to you, but I can't help but have fun with it. Like there's this one girl, I know she gets around. She's probably got a body count of like in the triple digits. Saw her wearing a t-shirt the other day, said God's property. Couldn't help myself. Thought to myself, I'm pretty sure that wasn't God making you his property in the back of that F-150 last night. (laughs) Sorry if you're watching it. (laughs) I also really do love the way that us Southerners share gossip, right? All through the guise of asking for prayer requests. It's very handy. It makes us look sort of like virtuous because we're concerned about our neighbor and so we're compassionate. But at the same time, we get to kind of share and dish that information to our neighbor without appearing as though we're gossiping. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. You know, so you get a little prayer request on your text message from your girlfriend and says, hey, please pray for Mike. He's having a hard time being faithful to his wife. You see how that works? (laughs) Listen, I'm not going to poke fun without poking fun at myself. I was the same way. And I was a very sincere kid growing up when when it came to spirituality. I made a contract with God. I'm talking on paper. Drafted this contract and signed and dated it with God on September 12th, 1988, that I would spend three hours a day in prayer and in the Word of God to grow. I wanted to to know the scriptures. I wanted to grow. And I could count on one hand the days I missed up until August of 1992. So this little kid was serious. But here's the performative aspect of it. I would hear my brother playing Bon Jovi in the other room. And I would rush in there, barge into his room, and I'd say, you will not subject me to the devil's music. Literally. And of course he would laugh, right? (laughs) But that for me was a little bit of a performative moment of look at me. I don't listen to secular music. I'm pure and clean before God. That didn't last long, did it? (laughs) I also remember running out of geometry class in tears one day because I had this weight on my heart, this conviction, because Alex... Gambrell had not received Jesus as his personal savior. And that was quite a performance. My principal took me up to the chapel and I sat there on the stairs and I just bawled for his soul. Bawled for his soul. Yes, I was a dramatic kid, but there's also the performative aspect of it, right? I'll even hang myself out to dry a little more. I left the Baptist church and went to LA. And I discovered a lot of really wonderful things about nature and how it is a teacher, a spiritual teacher. So my first instinct 
was to join a coven. First thing I did was paint my nails black, wear a pentagram around my neck, pierce my cartilage. Oh yeah, that way everybody knew when they saw me. I was studying the occult. <laughs> Very interesting. And of course, hey, I got interested in a lot of other religions as well. Started studying the Tao Te Ching, uh, you know, Buddhism. And then I went to this little retreat, spiritual retreat, and I found these cute little sarongs. And I bought myself a little sarong and some wooden beads with the little frivolous things on the end. I'm not sure what the beads were. I prayed over them like a rosary. I'm pretty sure I was in the ballpark of what they're supposed to be. Still don't know the name of them. But, oh, it was a wonderful performance, how spiritual I was. My hair was really long back then, so... I just really was spiritual, you know what I mean? <laughs> but with all that said, we can all agree that humans are humans. I don't think that there's anything wrong at all with us identifying with a particular culture, a particular religion, a particular way of doing things in general, even outside of the topic of spirituality. It is our desire as human beings to belong, to fit in, and to share experiences that are meaningful to us, share experiences about our growth and our journey. And I think that that is important that we allow ourselves the freedom to do that. But all this has a point. And I wanna know why you're here. I wanna know why you're interested in spirituality. Matter of fact, I'd like for you to go to the comments below and let me know why you're interested in spirituality. What is it that's bringing you here? Why the impulse? Is there a call that you have had a feeling, a sense, a, an instinctual yearning for something that is greater than yourself. That's what this video is about. When do we start our spiritual journey? Why do we start our spiritual journey? Why are you asking this question? Why do you want to be spiritual? Why is this on your mind? You may feel right now that a radical transformation is calling you and you don't know why. What you might know is that you wanna be rich. You wanna have a better job. You wanna be more financially secure. You wanna be healthier. You want to have more means by which you can express yourself creatively. And I think that that is the thing that initially draws us to asking the greater questions, knowing that there's something beyond us that allows us to be more capable of experiencing more, <laughs> right? But those things, those markers, are not really the answer to the question. Those things, that's not why you're having the dialogue with yourself. It's a natural part of who we are to ask this question. It's in our DNA, our spiritual DNA. It's in our makeup. There is a natural hunger to know something that's greater than ourselves, And so it's not really just about the material gains that we might be envisioning for ourselves, And those are, again, those are wonderful. They are rockets of desire that we are sending out to the universe and the universe hears it and says, all right, homie, I'm gonna give it to you. If you know how to work the universal principles like law of attraction and manifestation, of course, we're gonna get into a lot of that sort of stuff. But it's important to know why this dialogue with yourself. And I would first want to remind you that just as your body gets hungry, just as your body has functions, 
just as your mind wants to be exercised and stretched and challenged and think and problem solve, your spirit longs to be unified with something that is greater than our material world. That hunger oftentimes is satiated in the material world. Yes, the material world, that hunger to experience something beyond the material world. Well, the material world has alternatives for you. And I have found in my experience that social activism is a material world alternative to what is a spiritual yearning to commune and unify with something greater than the material world. And it does provide many benefits, a sense of virtue because I'm fighting for something great, a sense of morality because there are certain principles that I believe and I hold to be so powerful that I want to cause change in my society over them. Politics is another thing, and very much many of us right now are finding a sense of virtue and moral superiority in whatever politics we adhere to. That is a material alternative, though, to something that is spiritual in nature. Community service is always great, right? As a matter of fact, I believe that that is a natural extension of someone who is very much in line with the oneness of the universe, right? But that and that alone does not answer what is an inherent spiritual need, an inherent spiritual hunger to be unified with something that is not of this material world, that is greater than the material world. So number one, know that this is a natural hunger that cannot be satiated by material world alternatives. Wonderful as they may be, it's not going to satisfy your spiritual hunger. So if you're ready to recognize that your interest in spirituality is inherent to you being a spiritual being and that it is just as, just as common as your body having hunger your body having desire for intimacy, your body's need to eliminate, your mind's need to learn to, to uh, be inquisitive, to exercise ideas. Your spirit is just simply doing what your spirit does, which is calling out to something deeper, something beyond the material world. And that is a natural part of who you are. So now you're asking yourselves, where do I start? Where do I start if this, if I'm, if I want to get past all of my, all of my judgments about spirituality and the human performative nature of spirituality and the hypocrisy that we've all seen in many, many spiritual cultures, because human beings are not consistent. We're fallible, we're contradictory, we're messy, wonderful, beautiful creatures, and you can't judge spirituality and your need for it by coming from the place of being disgusted at the hypocrisy you've seen in life before. Because we are not robots. We are not going to always and forever be exactly that which we declare and proclaim for ourselves. How much ever we do desire that of ourselves, we are not going to consistently be in that spot. Life is life, right? And so I feel like some of you may want to reflect on your resistance towards spirituality. You understand the call. The call is happening, right? You hear the call. So I think it's important to just simply affirm 
that it is a natural state of who you are. That's a great place to be, right? Okay, number two. I want you to look at resentments you have around spirituality. What are your beliefs right now about spirituality? Because I think a lot of us carry into the conversation this sense of being put off by the hypocrisy that we've seen in the church. Sometimes I call this religious wounds, right? And we have, some of us have religious wounds. Some of us never darkened the door of a church in our life growing up, and we sort of grew up in a secular world, and we're free to choose whatever we want to choose now when we hear that natural call to something greater than the material world. That's great. But many of us don't start with a clean canvas like that, right? And so I want to help you through that right now. I want you just to stop and realize that human nature is inconsistent. Take the examples that I've already given to you, the material world alternatives to a spiritual journey like social activism or politics or community service or just relationships that we have. Y'all, we're not robots and we're not always going to be exactly the same all the time and there are circumstances that occur, there are people that show up, that push different buttons. We're not going to be perfect and so I want you to consider letting everybody in your past off the hook. Because just because I have judgments about the way people were in the fundamental Baptist church I grew up in does not necessarily mean that that is not the same human behavior as over here in the Episcopal church or over here in the Catholic church or over here in this organization or this nonprofit that I work for or whatever the case may be. The same behaviors everywhere. So you know what? Let it go. It ain't serving you. There's nothing to even forgive there. Just let people off the hook because you know what? That's human nature. Get over it. Because are you going to sit there and whine over that, or are you going to realize that there's something greater calling you to a higher vibration, something that is going to bring greater sense of joy and fulfillment in your life? That's what we want to get to. That's what we want to spend our time talking about. That's, 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 that's the most important. From the dawn of time, human beings have had this inherent yearning, this deep yearning to be unified with something greater than the material world you're recognizing that, you're letting go of your past assumptions about that and about people who are performative in that, laugh at it. It's fun to laugh at as I showed you. <laughs> but now what do you do? How do you start your spiritual journey? I have a very easy first step for you to consider today, okay? And that is awareness. Awareness. As you go through the day today, I want you to ask yourself three questions. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? Again, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And what am I doing? Awareness is an invitation to something deeper. We can go into that in future podcasts, but just know today that awareness is the foundation of consciousness. And if we are wanting to move in a space of greater consciousness, greater understanding of who we are on a spiritual level, the foundation of that is awareness. What am I thinking right now? The question allows you to be the observer of your mind, the observer of your thought processes, pulls you away from identifying with the monkey mind that we carry with us throughout the day, and allows you to, allows you to unify with something greater than yourself, that consciousness that is back of all things, and allows you to observe your thinking. Same with your feeling. 
So often we identify with the emotions that we're having rather than becoming the observer of those emotions and observing where we are. This allows us, again, as you can see, allows us to be unified with a consciousness back of those feelings. And then again, what am I doing? What am I doing? Just being aware of your actions, asking yourself, why am I doing this? It's pulling you into the present moment. If awareness is the foundation of consciousness, the development of your consciousness, it's all about being in the now as well, right? If you can be in the now moment, the now moment happens when you're asking yourself, what am I thinking? Hmm. What am I feeling? What am I doing? I'll give you one more quick thing today. There's a deep spiritual process behind this and it sort of develops a new muscle in our etheric body. And I call it the backward review. So if you've spent your day learning how to exercise that muscle, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? At the end of the day, begin inviting this practice into your day. The backward review. Literally replay your day backwards. Before I went to bed, I went to the bathroom, then I went to here, then I went to here, then I went to here, then I was at the, then I went to the gym, and then I was at work, and then this happened at work. And watch yourself through the entirety of the day. Now, something about this develops an etheric muscle, this ability to reflect, and it can even go as far as clairvoyance the longer that we begin to develop this. The backward review allows you to, again, take the position of the observer, align yourself with the consciousness back of all things, and become aware. Again, the awareness is the key. Aware of how you conducted yourself throughout the day. And ideally, as you get really good at asking yourself, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? And you're present in the now moment, and you're beginning to be more mindful about what you do. This backwards review at the end of the day is going to tell you a lot about yourself. And again, it develops a muscle that's very important as we develop our consciousness. I, I think that that is enough to leave right now because your curiosity has led you to this video. Your curiosity has decided to let go of the negative connotations that you've wrapped around spirituality in the past. You're ready to accept your own clean canvas, put it before you, and have the journey purely for yourself for the first time. And that's good. Congratulations. And I want you to know it's not a serious conversation. We can have fun with spirituality. And we can have fun with the human messiness of it as well. It doesn't have to be perfect. And it doesn't have to be serious. Matter of fact, the joy that we bring to the process only allows us to maintain a higher vibration around it. It's going to help us. It's going to actually open channels that had previously been closed before when we approach our spiritual life and the development of this new journey with joy, holding it lightly, holding it lightly. So, welcome to this journey. The question that you are entertaining right now about what is spirituality, why am I asking this question, and where do I start? <laughs> well, it was inevitable, and it's happening, and you're gonna do just fine, and you can start simply by being aware, allowing yourself to get curious about this concept of awareness. You know what to do. Invite that muscle to start working and throw a little backwards review of your day at the end of the day before you put your head down to your pillow. Journal this stuff. I mean, open a journal and, 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 and that helps me as well, right? <laughs> so uh, I'll leave you today with those things. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you like this content, hit the like button and leave a comment about why you're here. Why is it 
that you are finally having this conversation? And what is it about your past that maybe got in the way a little bit about your approaching this conversation with open arms? And are you ready for a radical transformation? If it's calling you, the universe has already equipped you with everything you need to actualize that transformation right now. That should make you excited. I'm excited for you. And uh, we'll continue this conversation next week on a new episode of Imagine Paradise podcast. Have a great week.